Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today, we have a Q&A talking about all things training. Yeah, so we often get quite a few, I guess, um, messages or DMs or questions about training. And I feel like it's just because it's the bread and butter of what we both do. Like Mm -hmm. if you follow us on social media, and I feel like most people do, um, majority of our content, to be honest, is probably surrounding training. It's just something we both love. So it's no surprise that a lot of your questions gear towards that. Yeah. And who doesn't love training? I mean, there's so many different styles of training. It's so good for you. It makes you feel awesome, but um, it's important to do it right because we want to be training until we're old. I want to be one of those 90 year olds in the gym, just still going at it. Oh, me and you. We'll be in the nursing home racing each other in the wheelchairs. <laughs> Using I'll be kicking your, um, your ass. Yeah, oh, here we go. Bring it on. She's called a jewel already. I'll remember that in bloody 70 years' time. I'll be using oh, my walking stick as like, what? <laughs> I, said, I won't be alive another 70 years. 70 years. I added it up wrong. 98? 97. Oh, no. Nah, no. I don't want to be here for that long. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I feel like though, something I wanted to say, um, Danny, you know how some people are like, no, I don't like exercise. We've all got someone in our life that generally doesn't like exercise. Yeah. And I'm like, it's like saying you don't like food. Like there's mm. lots of different types of food. It's just about finding the food that you actually like the taste of. So yeah. whether it's yourself or people in your life, don't be scared to try different forms of movement. Like I don't care what people do to enjoy moving their body. Like there's yeah. something out there for everyone, whether it's sport, bodybuilding, powerlifting, F45, like I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. It's just about finding a way to move your body that you enjoy. Yep. Really well said. Love it. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into the questions. All right. The first one from Tara O'Connor. What do you do when someone gives you unsolicited, male or female, advice while at the gym? Mm. Unsolicited (laughs) advice. I love that she wrote male or female because straight away you would have been like, if it's a male, no, 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 no. Yeah, male or female. True, true. Well, Mm -hmm. can you think back of a time like Danny where you were given unsolicited advice that perhaps you didn't ask for? Can you think of anything specifically? Yes, and it scarred me for life, which that was just me being me because I remember starting in the gym, I was so vulnerable and I was doing my little tricep pull down with a rope and the trainer, who was a a, a female, an older lady, just came up, she's like, oh, can I just show you how you're doing it? You're actually doing it wrong. But that ruined my whole month. I'm like, I'm doing everything wrong. And every time that trainer was around, I would run away. So I know the feeling of feeling really vulnerable where she was just trying to help um, with my triceps. So from that moment on, I took it upon me to never give that feeling to someone else ever again. So then when I actually became a trainer, um, mm. I would always do the compliment sandwich. Hey, I'm Danny, yes. how are you going? Oh, I love your ties. Hey, oh, do you mind if I just share something that I learned? Yeah, great. Mm. Have a good day. Compliment yeah. sandwich and in the gym. Um, but for me, when I was young, I'd run away. When I was older, I, I smiled and nodded and, and got on with it, I think. Didn't really yeah. take it on. Yeah. If I want it. Mm. yeah I think it happens to like everyone in terms of just you know for me I actually can't think of like a specific example but there is hundreds of times where I've been made to feel uncomfortable in the gym whether Mm. it's something to do with like a facial expression or the way someone looks at you or um 
even like hearing things that other people have said about you, mm. not so much being said directly to you, but when you know that perhaps, you know, comments have been circulating um, and that I'm the same, like for a long time, I didn't share my fitness journey for that exact reason. It was sort of something that I did privately, Instagram on private, like, you know, full hoodie at the gym and not wanting to sort of show what I was actually doing. And it's usually because of the comments or the remarks that other people make, because at the end of the day, you know, we're all humans and we just want to fit in and connect with other people and, you know, not be put out on a pedestal and look like we're just our own person. So, Mm -mm. But in terms of like advice, so rather than remarks or anything, which we'd like to think are less prevalent these days, mm-hmm. hopefully. Um, but in terms of like advice, you've ne- what, what about Jim Dad? I remember you talking about Jim Dad. Would he give you? Oh, that wasn't unsolicited, I suppose. You yeah, that, that was advice. invited. But yeah. I went actually. Now that you've, you've triggered a memory, <laughs> I did have. Um, I was at Doherty's where I used to train, and yeah. I did have someone, which is very much like a bodybuilding style. Yeah, gym. old That's school, old school bodybuilding style gym. Yeah. yeah, and I had like you know a heavy barbell hip thrust <laughs> loaded up. You know, as we did back then, real real aggressive hip thrusts. Um, and I remember someone coming up to me and being like, "Is that necessary? Like, is that oh. exercise? That weight necessary?" and that comment in itself and I'm like fucking what like (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sorry what um and I guess the the, like what you said it shapes the way you do things because even if someone's performing an exercise incorrectly who am I to come up and say that that's wrong? I actually don't know the context, firstly. Maybe they're doing yeah. a Jefferson's deadlift. Like I don't know the context <laughs> of what they're doing. Um, but like you said, if I'm ever if it's if I approach someone, it's from a place of care, if I generally yeah. think they're gonna hurt themselves. And yeah. I've done this before where I've gone up to someone and I've said, um, oh, like you said, compliment sandwich. You're doing a really mm-hmm. good job. Um, mm-hmm. Do you mind if I show you how I perform this movement? I think you might get a lot of benefit from um, just seeing how someone else can do it. And yeah. I remember this specific example because she was so appreciative and she was like, you know, I've been doing this and people have been laughing at me and like no one's actually showed me that I was doing it so incorrectly like she oh, really was. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like. That's nice. We just have to humanize it and we just Absolutely. have to like just be gentle about whatever advice we're giving out. Yeah, because if they're literally about to like hurt themselves, it would be mm. sort of ignorant for us to not say anything, but there's a way to go about it. Um, but I remember when I was um, at one of my yeah other gyms, again, sort of there was an old school bodybuilder guy that sort of wanted to take me under his wing. Well, we'll call it that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the more I think about it, hang on a minute. No. Um, and I was squatting and I was halfway between uh, changing the plate. So I had one so I started off warming up 40 kilos and then went to put a 20 on one side and he came up to me, he goes, excuse me, your plates are different. Be careful. <laughs> I was halfway through changing the weights and I'm like, why? What yeah. even was that? They just yeah. want to throw their little tooth in. I'm like, oh, thanks. Of yeah, of course. Everyone's yeah. got their own biases and beliefs as well. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing st- the new unilateral half plate <laughs> squat. Haven't you seen it on Instagram? <laughs> I've still got videos of me squatting back in the day, like fucking horrendous form oh. with someone spotting me. And I'm like, oh. I've got a person spotting <laughs> me saying this looks great. Yeah. 
You know, I'm like, what part of like this 22 year old girl with fucking 110 kilos on her back and a powerlifting belt was a good idea? <laughs> the belt, always the belt. <laughs> Give me unsolicited advice back then. In place of care, I would have saved a lot of issues. But oh, yeah, right. I feel like I feel like in saying that, Danny, it's really hard to go to a fitness club for me these days mm. because unlike a bodybuilding gym or like a powerlifting gym or anything like that, you, you know, there is a lot of poor technique out there and I don't go out of my way to correct people because I sort of feel like if they want help, they'd be seeking it out. Um, mm. Yes, if they're about to herniate a disc or something, I mm. might. But then where do you draw the line? Do you know what I mean? Because like everyone's yeah. probably performing something incorrectly if you go into like an anytime fitness or something like that. So you need to be able to really draw the line and know where your place is because yeah. that's when it does come across as unsolicited. It's like I actually some people aren't receptive and you've got to first have the skills to be able to people read. I'm yeah. like, okay, she's making eye contact. She's smiling. She seems open. Headphones are not in. Yeah. That's one what... headphone in, going in. Oh, yeah. No, this is an invite. You know, so it... yeah, there's no music on. They just don't want to talk. Yeah. So communication That's skills good. are really important when it comes to giving out any sort of feedback. That's what it is. It's feedback. So you yeah. need to give it a gentle uh, way. Yeah, because what they're doing might be their progression. They might have worked on that for eight weeks yeah. and then like they're finally at that stage or they might and have. you're like, this looks like shit. This crushes them. Yeah, or they might have, you know, wanted to talk themselves out of going to the gym for half an hour before rocking up and then they finally got there. Like mm. you got to reward it still. But again, if someone's really about to hurt themselves, cool, jump in. If not, just remember that used to be us once upon a time. Yeah, very true. Mm. All righty, IB Taylor. I can push upper body days harder than leg days. Is that just my mentality? Common, isn't it? Like I really have to G up before a leg day. Like it's such a mm. mental, okay, I know I've got legs tomorrow. Okay, I know, I know I've got legs. You have to really be in it Far to out. push hard because oh. you just yeah. feel it in every cell in your body on a leg day when you push. Mm. Yep. There's nothing worse. Like I, I've changed around my training split, but I used to do legs on a Monday and I was so busy on a Monday. I was short mm-hmm. of time and now I do upper body cause I can generally get through it a bit quicker. Yeah. And, um, this one time I swapped it back around um, and I sort of didn't realize, forgot. And I rocked up to the gym and I remember Eugene saying, no, it's legs today. And I was like, what? <gasps> like I wasn't prepared mentally. <sighs> I thought it was upper body. But he's like, yeah. no, I did upper body. Yet yeah, we're doing legs today. And I'm like, I can't. I haven't processed this thought. Seriously. So, you know, mentally, you do have to gear yourself up a lot more. But I feel like there's a couple of reasons why this happens because like you said, Danny, it's actually quite prevalent. And mm. well, there's actually probably a few reasons, but the first one is I believe that it feels a lot safer for us to push up a body than what it does yeah. for lower body because of the yeah. loads that we're usually, you know, using, you know, you can push a leaning lateral raise to the absolute end and probably do it successfully. Whereas yeah. you're not going to do that with like, you know, a, a, a lunge or something like that. You don't want to push too hard. The other thing is that training lower body is freaking hard work. There's a mm-hmm. lot of muscle mass there. There's a mm-hmm. lot of intensity. We're stronger in our lower body. It's more um, taxing on the nervous system as well as locally on the muscle group itself. So yeah. it's harder. And that's why we do need to gear ourselves up more. So naturally our brain is going to want to preserve that by cutting off a few reps, right? And by saying you don't have to work super hard, it's okay, this is failure. 
Um, and it takes longer to do the workouts. Like it's just a bigger commitment training legs in the gym. It takes longer to set up some machines. And yeah, there's a lot of mm. barriers that our mind can come up with um, before training legs. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And I had sort of a conversation with a client recently who said this exact thing, like I'm pushing really hard on upper body, but I'm fighting it hard with lower body and yeah. digging a little bit of deeper and talking to her about like maybe why this thought was happening. It sort of had stemmed from an old injury that she had had. So she'd had back issues in the past. And even though she hadn't had any back issues for a very long time, um, she sustained these from training lower body. So I think as well, it's really important mm. to understand like whether there's any psychological factors because that was for me. I had back issues for yeah. a long time. So I couldn't push my hinging pattern very hard. And I don't know if there was like a neurological connection there, but I just think when you perceive that a pain is coming, it's or it's expected, you may not um, like mentally, but also physically be able to push as hard as you'd like. Whereas upper mm. body, very stereotypical of me, but perhaps not as many, I guess, injuries in women as um, perhaps like lower backs and hips and knees, for example. Yeah, you more just see obviously shoulder pain, but that's generally from other things and then sort of tight neck. But even like women training around their cycle, you don't really feel effects in your upper body. Obviously you get bloated and your ligaments are more laxed down by your pelvis. So you do notice that in a lower body workout. But if you're on your period, you can still pretty much push the same. Look, you might be a little bit more fatigued, but things won't feel as loose or as yuck like you Mm. you know how sometimes it's just a bit harder to brace when you're ovulating Mm. or bleeding like it doesn't really affect your upper body as well as much yeah Mm. yeah so you're not alone like there's a i i i feel the same in this i feel like it's why we like upper body a lot you know i'm like oh "Oh, upper body or rest day yeah pretty much just not as taxing as lower body and that's for Mm. me what it comes down to is hard lower body's just hard work and the stronger you get the harder it is like I don't feel like it gets easier the bar just gets a bit higher and now you're doing like four warm-up sets and you know it's just a lot to take on whereas upper body it's a bit different yeah but enjoy it enjoy the challenge that's why we're here we're not here for it to be easy right Mm. yeah all right hlj fit Lower back pain when working core. How to stop it and make my tummy tight. All right, there are two factors in this. So we'll start by the lower back pain when working core. Um, So if you get lower back pain when working core, it means you're not really working your core. Well, lower back can be part of the core, but it sounds like you're working your lower back. So some technique correction would help you or even just changing exercises okay if you're doing crazy bicycle crunches and things that are really high load and volume stop just regress your movements and make sure that you're actually working the deeper core muscles as well so technique correction and and changing your exercises Mm. If I had a dollar for every weighted Russian twist I did back oh, in the day, you know, didn't we all? <laughs> oh, that was part of my routine, you know. Um, you, I'd go on the cardio, I'd do my leg extension, and then my Russian <laughs> twist. They were they were oh, everything. Sorry, out man. Those Russian twists. Well, I would do Christ. bicycle crunches too, but now yeah, hip flexor yeah. central, mate. Yeah, yeah. So definitely sounds like lower back's coming into play there. And mm. like like you said, Danny, like we don't actually want to avoid lower backs or even hip flexors, like in certain yeah. movements. But if you're trying to target your core, you need to be strategic about what movements you're doing. And 
you know, I caused something I've been slack on, right, Danny, you know that. I'm very honest about it. I'm mm-hmm. programming it. All my Train with Sherelle girls are doing it with me. And now I feel like you make so much, like it's it, it's crazy how quickly your body adapts, right? Like mm. once you start moving muscles properly, and for me, like I really needed to work on core compression and just sort of like, you know, that crunching sort of um, bracing sort of movements. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, where can I start it? Where can I progress it to? How can I make sure that things are progressing and I'm not just like forever doing a 30 second plank? Like I need to be yep. progressing things along a timeline if the goal is to progressively overload it. So don't get stuck in like Russian twists and traditional core training that you feel like you should be doing. Maybe you need regressions. Maybe you need progressions. And yeah. I feel like if you're having issues with lower back, you probably just need to work with someone so they can physically show you because we can talk here on a podcast about how to brace and twist and crunch. It's so hard and you can make so much progress. If you just see someone in person for an hour, bang, they'll show you where you should be feeling, how you should be bracing, what position your body and pelvis should be in. And then you'll be like, this is what it should feel like. Yeah, exactly. Right. Really well said. And when it comes to the next part, how to stop it and make my tummy tight. If we're talking, we could be talking about bracing here, but I have a feeling we're talking about the aesthetics of the tummy. Now, unfortunately, we can train core for 10 hours a day. It is not going to help the shape of our waist or help us lose fat from that area, unfortunately. So we know that that all comes from your nutrition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you want to make your tummy tight, like what you said, we're I feel a waist like, trainer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we're a waist trainer. What? Go back to my Instagram about two years ago. And yeah. See what the goes. Um, one thing I will say though is that the more awareness you bring to your midsection, like not the tighter, but the more I guess you can activate your core, right? Like the more things that you're doing in terms of more core training, the more bracing things, the more breath work, anything that brings awareness to your midsection is going to help you with abdominal control. Not yep. necessarily like tightening your waist. If you want to lose body fat, then it's obviously all down to nutrition. Um, if you want to like, I guess, develop your core muscles, then yeah, it does come down training. to training. But it yep. sounds like, you know, to make your tummy tight, deficit. Deficit to reveal the training always. You know, that's yep. what we need to be focusing on. Yeah. And when it comes to training your core indirectly, it would quote unquote, make your tummy tight because the stronger our core, Mm. the stronger we are in our other exercises, the more energy we burn, the more we push. So it is just a great foundation for that as well. Yeah, for sure. And I, I did a reel on this yesterday. If I see one more fucking oh, that person was clever, promoting, that one where you just disappeared. Dang. <laughs> you like, your hey, real game's great. I'm practicing more, but they're not quite up to your <laughs> they're level. They're looking good. I love them. The education, the voiceover today. Oh, thanks. I'm just recycling old videos, actually, and turning them into reels. I've come up yeah. with that idea. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is there is a lot of people out there that do promote, like, fat shedding workouts and all this bullshit go on tiktok's 10 times worse it's like oh, here's really? a tummy toning workout yeah yeah dude, go on tiktok it'll blow your mind oh. i thought that shit was gone you think instagram's bad next level tiktok wow next level four I week challenges not eight i week. could have a phd on tiktok that's oh. how i feel <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, no workout or no exercise is going to tighten or tone shit. You know, it all comes mm. down to, um, nutrition, eating less, yeah. eating less than what you're burning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, right. On. Yeah. Um, Laura, me, me, Malia. Yeah. Let's give it a bit of an accent. 
<laughs> I know you said massage is bad for rehab, but I don't know why. Can you please explain again? I really hate the word bad. You know, what is bad? What's that even mean? Like for any context. I know you're getting deep now. Bad yeah. exercise, bad habits. Sorry, Danny, this is you. Handball. Oh, thank you. Oof, got it. Um, <laughs> oh, geez, you can tell I'm in lockdown. I'm losing the plot. Um, <laughs> well, so yes. So I never said massage is bad for rehab. Okay. There's a time and a place for all ways of receiving healthcare. But long story short, when it comes to rehab, massage will just be a Band-Aid fix, okay? That is a short-term pain relief, but it can backfire because massage is destabilizing something that is strong and stable. We get tight muscles when they work hard. We get tight muscles when they're strong. We want to technically leave them tight, okay? So... For the long-term approach, we must correct movement patterns and we must get strong in our weaker muscles. So for someone who loves getting a massage, I mean, I get massages to relax because they're bloody awesome, but I don't use them for rehab because we, again, need to find our weaknesses that are causing muscles to be tight. So massage is a short-term Band-Aid, but it must, if used, complement your rehab and training and movement. The rehab happens in the gym because that is a long-term solution. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, rehab is like graded exercise. I don't really see how like, you know, I don't know. I'm very, I'm very naive in that space, but massage to me, it's, it's releasing tension in the body. It's not fixing a problem. And Mm. I love a massage. I have a Thai lady around the corner and she is freaking incredible. I go to Thai ones as well. Just don't go to Thai ladies when you are injured though. No, no. They don't. Yeah. They just do the The whole The way they stretch you. Yeah. It's cooked. I'm scared. scared. You know how they're like relaxed and she comes up behind me. I'm like, fucking relax. I'm scared you're going to snap me neck. Um, Anyways, I go, I get a massage probably once a fortnight, to be honest, maybe once every three weeks. And um, it's really just to like calm me down. You know, I I find it hard to slow down, but if I'm face down on a bed, oh, that sounds wrong. Um, But if I'm getting a massage. whatever you like, doesn't matter. I won't judge. (laughs) Sorry, mum. Colleen, she loves That's how you're conceived. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I do it for. (laughs) You're a miss out for IG. No, we won't. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I definitely use it as a way to calm down my nervous system. God, I sleep so well after a massage. So yeah, yeah. Than rehabbing, like use it as a tool for relaxation, yep. you know, put that, put that relaxation over rehab. <laughs> yeah. I like it done. Beautiful. Um, all right. The next one, Hannah Winter Rose Smith machine. Yeah, it's cute. Smith machine, okay, for squats, RDL, hip thrust. Only option at some gyms with no barbell. So first of all, I'd like to know which gyms don't have a barbell because that's a problem. And they have a Smith Smith machine. machine. (laughs) Someone probably stole the barbells. That's a bit odd. Um, Just sounds like a garage. Yeah, my neighbor's garage. Um, So for me personally, because I know we may have different answers here, RDL, great. Hip thrust, thrust, great. Personally, I don't like prescribing squats um, on a Smith machine just because it takes away your body's natural ability to stabilize and it takes away a lot of the core work. And to line yourself up 
for a squat properly under a Smith machine is very hard. So the Mm. risk to reward, like if you can do it, great, but there's more risks than reward when it comes to squats. I think Mm. when you use a Smith machine, you have to nail your technique first without one before earning the right to use it um, because you need to position yourself properly. Otherwise, game over. The machine Mm. will get the better of you. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I have a little bit of a different view. Hip Mm -hmm. thrust, yes. Mm -hmm. RDLs, no for me. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because I feel like when you're fixed How would that actually work? No, it wouldn't. I said yes, but I mean, no. Yeah, good. I'm glad we're on the same path. Um, No RDLs, no hip extension sort of in that. Um, Split squats, love. I love, 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 love. One of my favorite variations is a Smith machine split squat. I only progress clients and myself to Smith machine once they've nailed Bulgarians um, and goblet split squats and walking lunges and everything. In terms of progression, it's the top tier for me for um, you need to know how to set it up. You need to have the right Smith machine. You need to know the biomechanics of the Smith machine. It does it have a vertic- vertical degree angle? Is it straight up and down? So it's more yeah. of like a um, when it works, it works really well. I actually really love it, to be honest, but it doesn't yeah. work for everyone. Like I've had some people where they might just get too much hip flexor in it. They can't get the positioning or mm. it's like a, you know, like some of them have a lean and they have yeah. to go with it, not against it. So yeah. they can get hip extension at the bottom. If they go against it, you're going to have issues. So I feel like it's an advanced setup um, yeah. and it's probably not appropriate for everyone with certain structures mm. and, um, yeah, if you can set it up and it works well, there's no reason why you can't. Like I said, I use it and I really like it, um, but it's definitely not for everyone. Yeah, yeah, but I think if it's a lot the of only if it's the only option mm. that you've got, you then know, in saying that, yeah, then you you got to make do with what you've got. Like you can do push ups the on them as well, like as a regression from the floor, like put it up and um, inverted rows. So you hang under the Smith machine and pull yourself up. Mm. Like that's a cool one too, but I just wouldn't squat with it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I have tried it. I have tried squatting with it, um, heel elevated. Um, And it's not too bad, but I would still prefer a leg press, you know, I just sort of, or a barbell. I just, Mm. I just look at like, like when it comes to setup, the setup needs to be worth it. The more complex the setup, the better outcome I better get. You know, you're not going to yeah. go through this this extreme setup for like a subpar exercise that you can probably use more load and get more intensity on with a hack squat. So I just, yeah. I look, it depends on Smith machines. You know, there's a lot of different varieties and brands out there as well. Um, yeah. I personally, the one that I use is a straight up and down vertical. So you have yeah. a lot more flexibility with that. And most gyms will have the, aligned like a bit on an angle so Mm. the setup's even more important when it comes to that yeah yeah so just master your basic movements first before Mm. you attempt the smith machine it's not a regression a lot of people think it is a regression because it's a machine no i would call it a progression yeah Yeah, that's all if you're going to take stability away in my opinion you know, you need to make sure that you can, you know, you have good stability to begin with. Like mm, that's mm. my sort of imprint on, on most things. I like to get people like work on stabilizing stuff before you take it away and tell them to push hard, especially yeah. when you're training for hypertrophy. Mm, yeah. Nailed it. But um, yeah, suggest so a barbell at your gym. <laughs> Has to oh, be. Can I quickly say, actually, yeah. there's this insane piece of equipment at the Voyage Fitness that I'm using here, and it's called a 3D Smith machine or 3D something. It's like a barbell that's like a Smith machine, but it goes horizontally as well. 
Have you seen Ooh. me use that? It's like attached. It's like in this box. Oh, it's so sick, Danny. So oh, so it goes forward and back. Yeah, and it's See, that's good. Yeah, so I can do um, good mornings, um, RDLs, everything on that because it, it takes away some of the stability and you can yeah. hinge on it. So with a Smith machine, it's really hard to hinge. Like you can't hinge really back unless it's a hip thrust, right? You can't do an mm, RDL mm. movement. Um, but with some, you need horizontal plane. You, you got well, that's vertical. better. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I was like, if I had a home gym, I'd be getting this thing. Yeah, if that's what a Smith machine was, my answer to that question would be so different because it's got that forward yeah. and back element. That's cool. I'll have yeah. to have another look. Mm. Epic. Mm. Um, yeah, sweet. Okay. Uh, do you want to read this one out? Um, me, I don't, me. Sorry, I didn't mean it because I, like, <laughs> I just meant because it was your turn, but of course I give you a hard one. Me, Ab. <laughs> H-O-A-A, that's what I'm settling Nailed for. it. <laughs> Are body weight exercises a waste of time? I think no. <laughs> You're laughing. No, I'm not laughing because I'm just going to let you go first. Okay, thanks. Have a sip. Have a drink. Um, no, they're not because if we're learning a new movement pattern, you have to start body weight. You can't learn a new movement just with a, a bunch of weight on. Um, so it really depends your goal. When learning a new skill, use body weight. Um, and it just depends what your sport is. If you want Mm. to gain strength or hypertrophy, no, because you need to apply a progressive overload. But if you're at stuck at home and the gyms are closed, you're in lockdown, they're not a waste of time because you're moving as well. So it really depends on your goal and the context in which you use body weight exercises. Mm. Yeah. I got two words, pike pulse. You've done one of them. They suck. That's a body weight exercise. Oh, so I feel the like, core one. Oh, they're so hard. It's coming mm. in my next program. You, um, you know, it's, it just depends on the body weight exercise. I feel like most core stuff is body weight. Um, yeah, they're not a waste that. of time. Mm. No, they're not a waste of time. And you can progress that using your own body weight and mechanics and biomechanics. So, you know, if you're someone that's, say, for example, wanting to grow your glutes and you're doing body weight squats, like, no, it's probably not going to happen. Yes, it's probably fine to learn a squat, but that should happen pretty darn quickly in my yeah. opinion. The goal is to be able to add load. You know, that's the goal. So body weight exercises are a waste of time if you're regressing to use them thinking you're going to get a result um, yep. unless you need to regress them, you know, from rehab perspective or something, I guess. So yep. I Perfect. would say that, yeah, like what you said, just comes down to training experience. Mm, yeah, for sure. Happy with that? That was good. Happy with that. All right. Or is it you? It's it's whatever you want, baby. So last one because um, (laughs) we're flying through it today. In a mood today, Soz. Okay, the last one, Jess Hammond. Should I cut straight conditioning sessions when trying to build? Mm. Hmm. It depends on what you class, like what is conditioning, you know, if you're doing yeah. say like a, a random CrossFit day, I don't know what they do in oh, CrossFit, but re- no. I look at cardio as like, I look at cardio as almost like a recovery tool for people. I don't really look at it as like too much of like a fat loss tool, for example. And, you know, cardiovascular training is putting stress on your heart. And just like in the gym with 
you know, building up muscles, we put stress on things so it adapts and it gets stronger. So to me, like if you're trying to build muscle, cardio can actually be a good tool to keep Mm. your aerobic fitness up and your recovery and blood flow and all the other benefits that come with, um, you know, good cardiovascular fitness. The, I guess the part of the equation that you need to be careful of is just the nutritional component. So, you know, if you're someone that has like a high um, output, for example, really active job or whatever it may be, be, you just need to make sure that the conditioning work that you're doing isn't offsetting your surplus. However, yep. it's pretty unlikely, you know, unless you're an athlete and you're doing hours of cardio a week, like sprinkling in usually a couple of like aerobic conditioning sessions at a moderate intensity, for example, is usually going to be more beneficial than harmful in my opinion. Yeah, really well said. And and again, it depends on the context. So if you've just come, let's just say you've just competed or you've just reached your goal weight by using cardio and then all of a sudden you're like, cool, I'm ready to build now. You wouldn't drop all the cardio and increase your calories. You'd still like you'd slowly reduce the amount of cardio while you're building, but you wouldn't just cut it Um, because, you know, it says, should I cut straight conditioning sessions well no ease out of it but if you're a desk worker and not moving I think it is important um, to do some steps or light movement it depends on what straight conditioning means if this person if just means like high intensity training you I don't think you would need it when you're trying Mm -hmm. to build however um, my friend Katarina really struggled a couple of years ago to build her quads. So her coach got her on a bike doing bike sprints again to build up that aerobic capacity. And then when she went on the leg press, she didn't gas out as much. So Mm. it was used as a tool. Um, Yeah. And everything, it depends. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're getting quite fatigued and puffed and you don't have the aerobic capacity right to take in oxygen um to keep up with the the amount of reps that you need to do yeah that's a problem and you probably should include some cardio work Mm. um and i feel like most people would actually benefit from a little bit like it's very unlikely that we lead such crazy athletic lives where you know we don't where cardio is going to actually hinder our our weight training or progress if we do it to the nth degree and end up on the cardio bunny side then of course but Mm -hmm. if you're sprinkling in a few sessions yeah it's it's not going to hinder your building progress it, it could actually be up. beneficial yeah you just yeah, feel your mindset fitter. you feel a bit tighter it's just there's a lot mm. in it your digestion improves i love mm. having a morning walk there yeah. was a phase where i just cut all that and you feel crap but to have a little yeah. bit of cardio feels good yeah and it also depends on what you classify as cardio so like i know that you classify any movement walking <laughs> yeah whereas i'm like <laughs> Heart rate 120. Like, oh, yeah. So it sort of depends on what your definition of conditioning is. And that's a valid point because everyone does have yeah. sort of a different definition. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's something that you can find of what the actual definition of, of conditioning is. But if you're trying to, I guess, do cardiovascular exercise that's going to physiologically change your heart, that's a positive. That's a yeah. positive if you're using it strategically. If you abuse it. If you overdo it, if you waste time doing, you know, high intensity and it doesn't serve you at the moment, you know, Mm. then yeah, it can hinder you. So as Danny said, it does depend. Yeah. Yeah. It's all in the calories. So eating a surplus when building the end. Yeah, for sure. Done. Yeah. You'll gain. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Um, Awesome. That's all from us in regards to our guest, our training Q&A. So we hope that you did enjoy this episode. If you did, please do take a screenshot uh, and tag the Level Up podcast on Instagram. Thank you.